Welcome to Wisdom Wednesday, brought to you by Aging Wisdom, where we share weekly bite-sized insights on aging well, caring well, and living well. Let's talk a little bit about stigma. We addressed it earlier, but we didn't dig too deeply into it. Now, here I've got this stigma and the importance of finding community, because you had talked about support groups earlier, too. So I know that we, as a team, really recognize the value of helping families, you know, build community, either within their own family unit, because sometimes they come and, you know, siblings are arguing, so we can help find some common ground and some unity there, Or find a community, say, of, you know, it's the oldest daughter who has the brunt of the responsibility. And we know there's a support group, for example, at the Greenwood Senior Center, where these daughters can meet with other daughters who are in the same space, and they can provide support and hope and friendship and community with each other. But let's get back to that. Talk a little bit about disease stigma. You know, when someone is diagnosed, for example, with Alzheimer's or Parkinson's, and that can present a challenge for the person living with the diagnosis. But I know you've watched older adults in particular struggle with misunderstanding, with self-doubt, and depression as a result of those diagnoses. What are some of the ways that you've been able to help people find support and the understanding that they need and that they deserve. Yeah, you nailed it, that they need and deserve, that they, again, feel seen and heard and feel safe in processing all of that. So because of stigma around memory loss specifically, it's this idea of, okay, this is it. This this is the end of my road and... It just probably feels quite isolating. That's what we hear. It feels lonely. And to be able to connect to support groups is certainly an amazing option. Also within different assisted living communities, being around people that are kind of walking that same path as you and not feeling like so alone in that or that you stand out so much. So today I was with a client actually, and we were just talking about where she's living in an assisted living community. And she mentioned that she's experiencing more memory loss and she was very open and frank about it and saying that it's intimidating and she feels sad about it, but that she's so thankful to live in a place where other people are going through that and that those that are comfortable talking about it are with her as well. And it was really sweet. She said, you know, we moved in here for my husband and he has since passed. He was going through a medical challenge and he's since passed. But she said, I realized that I needed this place just as much as he did. And that through the activities she's with and connecting with her neighbors, she said, I I don't want to move out now. Like this is where I need to be to be able to continue my journey in this. And I just thought that was so impressive that she could acknowledge that and recognize the power in community and fight those stigmas that she was facing out in the greater community and be able to be with people that are experiencing the same thing as her, walking the same path as her. We've covered an awful lot of ground, Tammy, and I so appreciate your insights and your sharing and examples Let's do a wrap up here. 
You know, we were talking a little bit offline just about the importance of anyone working with an older adult in the context that we work with them, of really getting to know the person. I mean, taking that more holistic approach, a psychosocial approach, something you'd mentioned earlier was, you know, we often just look at the physical, what's going on with somebody medically and their health, but there's so much more to human beings than their bodies. So let's talk about that sort of, you know, your experience as a life enrichment director was gathering life stories. So you really got to know the residents. And how have you woven that into your work as a care manager? And and where do you see evidence of that benefiting clients, you know, in terms of when they're in a doctor's visit or, you know, expanding their life within their home or relationship within the context of an assisted living community, those sorts of things? Yeah, good question. I I think the best relationships with clients are through building trust And we've talked about this earlier in the podcast of being seen and heard. And whether it's a client at Aging Wisdom, whether it's someone who is in an assisted living memory care community, they've got private caregivers, or like you said, even just going to the doctor. When you've got someone providing care for you, or you're providing care for someone, you need to work on that trust. And so often that trust comes from knowing the person cares about you and seeing that through person-centered questions or comments. And so if you have a loved one moving into an assisted living facility, it's so helpful to fill out that information, often called like a life story or a memory keeper, that gives the staff, the care staff, the dining staff, an idea of who this person is. The same way that when I take a client to a doctor's appointment, they, they might just be there for a Medicare checkup. But when the doctor comes in and says, hey, last time I saw you, you were headed to wherever. And you just see the the physical relief in that client as they kind of, you know, their shoulders lower and they're like, you feel like this doctor remembers me, sees me, cares about me. So being able to focus on who the person is in all settings is a great way to build trust and work off those stories. Yeah. If families can give a little of that history, certainly the people working with them will build their own as well. Yeah, yeah. And many of our clients have the have the ability to share their own stories and, and tell their own stories. I I just think of the number of times I've either been on a visit with a colleague, you know, in an adult family home, for example, and you go into a client's room and you can just tell they must be a Mariners fan because there's a Mariners pennant on their wall and the bedspread is a Seahawks bedspread, you know, these sorts of little things like that. And he always has his Seattle Kraken cap on. And it's interesting to pick up on on little things like that and uh, turn those into magic moments, like you said, of somebody sees me, they understand me, they know what gets me excited. I think of our colleague Juliet had one client in particular who had, I believe, had been an artist herself and had traveled extensively throughout Europe and was just a big lover of art. And so even though she had some physical limitations, being very particular about 
outings to, say, the Fry Art Museum or the Seattle Art Museum or bringing art to her in the form of a book of her favorite artist, for example, and just spending time talking about that and then the stories that came from it. And, you know, this client could talk about, oh, well, did I ever tell you about when we went to the Louvre? And then just... You know, I've got goosebumps just thinking about Juliet sharing those stories. And then the two of them would maybe do some watercolor painting together and just that joy of art making and the history and, yeah, very meaningful. Working off the history of what this person loved to do and maybe can't can't do that now. So how can we accommodate where they're at now and still be able to f- enjoy looking at that art and sharing those stories and lighting up over what they experienced. Yeah. So much to learn from that. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm just curious. I'm in my sixties. You're still relatively young. How has the work that you do kind of reframed your thinking about aging? I think for me, this started when I was young and would ask my grandparents questions about like their travels and their love story and how they met and what it was like to raise my dad and my uncle. And I just have always loved learning that. And I'm not going to say aging is fun at every stage, (laughs) but no, it's something exciting about what you learn throughout your different experiences. And some of those can only happen with time or with a few different decades between them, you know, and Mm -hmm. that does excite me. There's still so much life to live and it's really inspiring to work at Aging Wisdom and meet so many different people, whether they're my colleagues or my clients or professionals in the community that are willing to share their stories and inspire you to travel and inspire you to take the cooking class you want to do, but you don't have anyone to take it with. So you don't. And it's like, you don't need to, you know, you don't need to have someone just do it. And I think that I've learned a lot through that and will continue to and be encouraged and inspired to try new things. I feel like that's what so many people say is just, just go for it. You know, whatever it is, just go for it. No reason to say no. And it's been really easy to say no in my younger years. So (laughs) So to just stop doing that and just just jump, jump in, you know? Hmm. I love that. Okay, new motto. There you go. I'm adopting that. (laughs) Anything we didn't talk about? Anything you want to say in closing? Again, I just want to thank you so much for just all of your thoughts and your beautiful stories. And I love that what you're sharing about your grandparents, you know, this, you've been doing this a while. <laughs> well, I'm just thankful people are willing to share their stories. Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another Wisdom Wednesday. In the meantime, visit our website at agingwisdom.com where you'll find more resources to help you navigate options for aging, caring, and living well.